Hi folks, it's Dr. Christine Sauer here with another episode of Sparkles for Mental Health, Personal Growth in Five Dimensions. And today I'm extremely happy to have Amy Anthony on the call. Amy Anthony is a certified clinical aromatherapist and aromatic gardener. And she left her career in marketing research to pursue what's closest to her heart, which is working with plants. Wow. Welcome to the show, Amy. <laughs> Thank you, doctor. I love sharing plant happiness. Plant happiness. I love that because <laughs> plants can make us happy. They are part of the living universe. Now, uh, tell us about how did you get to pivot from marketing to being a aromatherapist? What's your story? Um, it's fun. I think this, uh, this will resonate with several people. So, um, I grew up in the Hudson Valley of New York state and my mom is a plant person and her mom was one. So from a young age, she had me outside weeding because we know when you're a gardener, that's basically what you do is you weed. Um, I was just outside playing. I was always outside and with plants and, um, I'll give the short version of this, but like when I was 15 years old, we, we moved across the state to Western New York. And one way I found solace was to be by Lake Chautauqua on the water and to be outside in the garden. And I was 15 years old and trying to learn Latin binomials, uh, learning herbs. I planned an herb garden. So you see, like, this is just part of my life. And I was miserable because we moved, you know, when I was 15 and I was desperate to get back to the East Coast. And I was like, I'm going to move to New York City where the art is. And I got my degree in marketing and business degree. And I got the job, you know, I had to support myself. I'm an independent woman, you know, all that. And um, I did that for a long time, long enough. And I loved it, but I was always ungrounded and I was wanting and I needed nature. I always needed, no, I needed plants. So I, the oils found me. That's how I say it. They found me and I really paid attention to them, started to pay attention in 2012. And I was like, what are these essential oils? Wow. And I was curious, you know, I'm left brain, right brain, you know, it's like, what are they? How do they work? And I was just buying books and I said, I need to become certified. And I quit my corporate job around this time. And I was just obsessed. And I found lucky the the universe said, okay, there's a school that opened three blocks from me called the New York Institute of Aromatherapy that offered in-person certification. So I became uh, double certified and I was asked to teach also because I did well. And um, my corporate background gave me, I could public speak and all that uh, and put data together nicely. And this is it. I The plants found me. Like I live in New York City to this day. I also spend time at Long Island. And how do you find connection to nature and essential oils are one way? I think that's a great story. And to find connection to nature in the middle of, let's say, New York City, which is the epiphany of a concrete jungle. <laughs> It is amazing. And we know those little things like little plants and then the oils that are made from it. That's amazing. Now, yeah. tell us a little bit about how those oils are made and, and how they find those plants, because people really don't know how that ends up in those bottles and that it's not just tap water. 
Yeah, good point. Um, actually, are you taking video? Is this video? Because I have a still right yes. next to me. Yes, that is video. We'll, we'll have so, the show, show airs on YouTube and there's a yes. podcast audio. That's what I thought. So let me just get my one of my Yes, of still. course. Um, I love essential a... oils and I'm a... Oh, look at that. It is still. Yeah. So this is this one of the rudimentary alembic stills. Um, you might so have will... seen it at Moonshiners. It does not yeah. just work for booze. Correct. So uh, this is really exciting because this goes into the definition of what an essential oil is. Mm -hmm. When we um, distill aromatic plants, so we can distill non-aromatics, like I've distilled nettle before and stuff like that, but with essential oils, we're, the aromatic plants have this gift of a lot. Uh, we can get into the medicinal properties, but we take like lavender. This week, I just did a community distillation in New York City with lavender. We took about two pounds, uh, roughly, of lavender flowering tops. And then we took those flowering tops, not the whole plant, the oil is really up in the, the flower. So for your guests, if you're curious and you want to know if something has essential oil in it, you can like take spearmint and crush the leaf and you'll like feel the and smell that. Um, and essential oils come from these plants and they have to withstand the distillation process. So jasmine, you can't get an essential oil. There's some things that smell, but they can't hold up to this process. So if you put the plant material in here, then you assemble the still, and then you seal all the joints. And in here, we'll put water and then the plant material, and then we'll seal those joints and apply heat. So guess what happens, right? Steam is created. And on that steam, the steam on heat will burst open the parts that the glands and the ducts that hold the essential oil in the plant, the plant contains these, the plant protects itself rightly from the oils because they're a defense mechanism part of that's part of what an oil is. So then the steam comes over this gooseneck and that's attached to this condensing unit. And then how does the oil get separated from, you know, the, the steam? What happens is you have this coil, this serpentine coil that the steam goes through. And in this part, there's a water bath cooling this. So when that hot steam gets shocked by that cold, the essential oil separates. So we get this oil that floats on top generally, like clove goes to the bottom and stuff, but goes on top. And then there's also this fabulous water called hydrosol or the hydrolot which is forever changed water, which has its own properties. So people might wonder, what is that, Amy? And my, my response is always, do you know what rose water is? And people say, yes. So that's, that's the forever changed water when roses distill. So it's a beautiful process. <laughs> you know, I really can feel your excitement, your admiration of that <laughs> process and the plants and how we really distill the essence of what the plant stands for and put it into a little bottle yeah. so now it comes in different brands and you already told me that you are not brand specific mm -hmm. uh, so uh, other differences when you go to the supermarket and look or drugstore health food store when you when it comes to essential oils where should somebody look for it 
That's a great question. And um, it's not fair to give this answer, but it is the answer I give. You, you, you have to do the work. And if you can afford it, spend the money mm -hmm. uh, to do a compare and contrast. Because if you can get your hands on an artisanally distilled essential oil, it could make you cry in a good way. It will touch you. And when you smell those oils, um, let me backtrack. Let's say you go to the drugstore and you could get a perfectly good oil. Let's say and here in the United States, we have this a brand called Now that you can find pretty available. And if you buy that, and then you can do a little digging on the internet and maybe find um, like an artisanal distiller in Canada or the US, and you could buy a sample of their oil. And all you have to do is sit down and smell the you know, more generic, um, the more commercial brand. And then you smell that artisanal yeah. and you can smell the love. Cause it, it goes back to the plant and where did it grow where its needs tended to, um, many essential oil bearing plants thrive on neglect. That's, you know, part of, part of their thing. Um, what, how was it harvested when people look to distill oils for production? They have a production quota. They want to get as much oil out as possible. So when you know that you could get oil between 30 minutes and 90 minutes, but then there's poetry after that, someone that's distilling for production will pump out that oil and treat it harshly. Maybe the heat's a little too, it's high. You know, it's not lovingly coaxed out. So, you know, you pick your battles. Yes, you can go buy the lavender from the drugstore. It's going to be perfectly fine. But will it have that poetry? Mm, no. <laughs> you know, coming from Germany, where homeopathy is still very prevalent, and I know it's also in North America, and the love that goes into a product, the energy, uh, although we don't know what it is yet or never, I don't know, uh, it does make a difference for humans because in the end, we are energetic beings. We are not just an assembly of chemical formulas, <laughs> like some people make us believe. We are much more complex like that. And plants are also very complex. They have feelings, they have energy. I've seen Killian photography of plants. It's amazing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. a little bit about how we can use those wonderful substances that nature provided us with for our benefit. And specifically the shows about mental health. And you also mm -hmm. already said an artisanal essential oil can make you cry in a good way now what do the people do that currently cry in a bad way they may mm. be depressed or anxious nervous what can they do with aromatherapy to help themselves uh yeah so um part of it is like aromatherapy we work specifically with genuine authentic essential oils we are not working with, uh, just to be clear for everyone, we're not working with synthetics, adulterated stuff. It's hopefully harvested, that single source botanical is distilled, and there you go. So even though we can, with aromatherapy, work topically, it's often through massage, we can get into working with aches and pains, really physical ailments. I find, and I've learned over the years especially, olfactory aromatherapy is where it's at. 
for emotions and working uh, with, with the whole person. And that honors the plants because when we are distilling, we are taking hundreds or kilos of plant material and we are distilling that to this highly concentrated, tiny about bit of essential oil we get out of all of that biomass that's collected and distilled and we just get that little bit of oil. So to honor that, less is more. So you, many people diffuse essential oils, which is fine, but I am a proponent of keeping it really personal. And regardless of the oil, we can get into some greatest hits, but olfactory aromatherapy, smell from the bottle, put on a cotton pad, something I just started doing that I learned from an artist friend, their name is Chokra, to give them some credit. Uh, they're from the UAE. Uh, take a little string, like a cotton string or twine and put one drop of oil on it or a blend, because I like to blend. And then you tie that string on your wrist and oh. then you could smell it. Easy, because often I'll say take a cotton pad, but then they're like, what do I do with that, Amy? Well, you could put it in your pocket, but I like the string. This is something I just started. I gave out to a community workshop last week and I volunteered for over 10 years at a, at a soup kitchen for every Thursday. I was giving that out to guests on a string. Um, people are very receptive. But so smelling is very powerful or diluted and putting in a rollerball. People have probably seen the rollerball. I'm a fan of that. Or the aromatic spritzer, you know, a spray bottle with uh -huh. essential oils. So, but smelling, um, I could pause, I could go on forever. So, you know, you... I, I, I just have to say something as a neuroscientist, I've learned one thing that the sense of smell is one of the most basic and most archaic senses in evolution. And it's the only sense where the nerves go directly to the limbic system without any ganglia, without any translation in between. Yeah. So smell influences your emotions directly. Yes. And that may be one of the mechanisms why essential oils are still so popular, although conventional science says it's just I don't know what they're saying. I forget about that because I don't want to smear them. They don't know much about it, but I love that you do. And I want to know more about how they work. I mean, many people know, oh, when you can't sleep, just put a little lavender on your pillow. Does it work? It does. Um, and on that note, I just have to say this to share. It's really important. If you do hear, let's say a genuine authentic lavandula angustifolia is great. One or two drops on your pillow or a spray mist is nice, but sometimes it can have the adverse effect on somebody depending on their neurology. Um, and also more doesn't mean better. More essential oil could be really irritating. It, I'll say it like clogs you up. It, it mm. could be incredibly overpowering. But um, another thing is if, someone says lavender is the way to go and you had a bad a memory association with that and you're not ready to work through that don't go to the lavender there are so many other beautiful oils to help with sleep so i want to share that with your listeners because that's important because if someone says i heard lavender works but it's not working for me guess what that's okay because we're all different um but something I think has been important that you already touched on is the, I call it the five layer cake of essential oils and how we work with them. And 
we do, um, there's smell is the most basic sense. It's so chemical based and it touches and works intimately with our uh, neuroreceptors, but also we're getting more research thanks to cannabis, which is terpene based and the essential oils are terpene based. We know that when we're breathing these in, we breathe them and they go into our bloodstream through our lungs. And we know we have the direct connection to the limbic system and ba like basic raw emotions, memory. And also there's more research in that um, some of these components can bind near receptor sites and influence neurotransmitters. And I saw some research recently that um, like Roman chamomile works with oxytocin. Interesting, right? So there's, because these are so small, they are so influential that they, again, like I said, bloodstream, there's neurotransmission uh, physically, like with the neurotransmitters. And I learned in school, like they potentiate neurotransmission because we still don't really know. <laughs> you know, but we know about that much of brain chains and there's such so much, I can't even get high enough with my arms. Yes, we know a tiny percentage, if even that. Mm -hmm. We think we know so much, but in all reality, we know nothing. You know what my mother always said? <laughs> to know how little you know, you have to be pretty smart. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, mom. God love her. Yeah, God love her. But um, the thing, if people find this frustrating, because a lot of people still think essential oils are woo-woo in some sense, but... I've learned, thanks to my great teachers and through self-teaching, uh, sit and sit with the oil and smell it. Or you can start this way. Uh, Roman chamomile essential oil is very sedative for most people. It's like someone comes and mom comes and puts a blanket over you, like a big cottony blanket. And you're just like, oh, okay, time to sleep. So one thing you could do is brew a cup of Roman chamomile tea, not the German, because German's calming, but not as sedative. Drink the tea and notice what happens. We call that attunement in herbalism. You know, you probably know that term. So if you drink the tea and notice what's happening, interesting. You could also do that with the essential oils. You take that bottle of Roman chamomile, I think I, Anthemis nobilis is the old Latin name. And you could put one drop on a cotton pad or that string, like I said, and you sit for three to five minutes and you get over what's it smell like. I don't like this. You try to tune into your body and the essential oils. I love when I heard this, when we distill the plant material and we get the scent, we make the intangible tangible through that essential oil, that physical representation. And we want to make your emotions tangible. We want to embody. So if you smell the oil and you say, where's it going? Is it going in my head? Did something move? Did something open? Is it sinking to my belly? Some things will go to the lungs. Some things go down deep into the, the lower pelvic bowl. Yes. And that's how you work with an oil. Like that's the deep aromatherapy. You know, and it is our, kind of a meditation on oil or with yeah. oil. I like that. Yeah, it really is. And I think that potentiates the effect of the oil because it aligns it kind of with your mind and with your whole body. I like yeah. that. Yeah, you said that so beautifully because it is essential oils bring us to the present moment because it's scent. It's chemical based, right? And this is all chemistry, biochemistry, right? 
And we're thinking, we're trying not to think we're paying attention to ourselves, the body. And a lot of this, I loved when I was teaching aromatherapy certification, unfortunately the school dissolved in 2020, but I've had students come in that were like successful business people, all this, you know, and they're like, oh, I'm paying attention to my body, right? Because we don't pay it. We're often in the mind, right? So your 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 podcast is a lot about mental health. So this is a a way to help with mental health. This. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, what other oils are helpful in that area? What should somebody try? Say they feel stressed out. Let's just start at the basics. Most people nowadays feel stressed, overwhelmed, distracted. I mean, the social media that comes on you, everything is faster than chat GPT and artificial intelligence. We all are on the hamster wheel of rat race of uh, trying something more and more and more and more and overwhelming everybody else as we are getting mm -hmm. overwhelmed too. What can essential oils do to reduce that stress? Yeah, so if I could share some oils in a way in a framework for thinking of them, which I have to give a shout out to my teachers, my two core teachers, Jade Schutz uh, and Amy Galper. But th this is something called uh, plant morphology. So instead of the what's good for what kind of mentality, you can start to look at um, like roots for rooting. And in your light and aromatherapy, one of the most well-known would be um, vetiver. And many people have heard of that through perfumery and stuff like that. Another one that's herbal, that's kind of stinky that people don't like is uh, valerian. There's also okay, spikenard. Yeah. Thank you. Plants, plant, we should love all the plants and work with them and not be like, I don't like that. I hear that from my clients. I said, try some chamomile tea. Oh, I don't like herbal teas. What do you like? Diet Pepsi? <laughs> I like it too. I still drink herbal tea. Yeah. You can train your brain to love the things that love you back. So yeah, maybe that thanks for better approach. Thanks for saying that. Uh, but yeah, it's like give the plant a chance and take its chemical messages and how they resonate with you. Mm. But so um, that like rooting, grounding oils, a lot of the roots. Uh, any, uh, one thing that's interesting, I pulled out from my collection, ginger. Ginger is very fortifying. It's a classic, one of the oldest plants in medicine, dare I say, that was traded around the world. Ginger can be incredibly stabilizing and fortifying and you can smell it. And my uh, hint, hint, try to get fresh ginger, not the dry ginger that's distilled. It's a different animal, um, but that can be motivating and grounding at the same time. The vetiver root oil, uh, it, it, even in India, the root itself has worked within the, the hot months to cool and create screens. And when I smell it, when I'm presenting and I'll have oil vetiver to share with people, I will smell the vetiver and it grounds me on the spot. It centers me and it really calms me down through smell. It's really powerful. Um, I was talking about plant morphology, but I mean, there's so many ways you can go like flowers, the essential oils from flowers. If you need that heart centered nature, which actually can go into sensuality and supporting your sensual self, and you need a bit of elation, jasmine is a classic. Neroli, that's from the uh, bitter orange tree, the orange flower. Lots of research on anti-anxiety, uh, depression, working with it, and uh, through scent. 
Elon Elon, which is similar to Jasmine. It's much more affordable. Uh, it helps you settle in. And I always think it's like water and languid and just feeling kind of, if you could just see me on your video, it just is like totally chills you out. Makes you feel a little in your body. And I'm giving a bunch of different oils. And some people might say, that's not for me. And guess what? That's fine. You're going to find another oil. So it's helpful if you can go to a store or get a, a place to sample these in some way. If you live in especially a metropolitan area to smell them, be like, I want to get to know you more. Um, but I want to share, make to make it real easy, citrus. Most people can really get uh, help from lemon, grapefruit, mandarin, lime. And many people resonate with those and bring smiles to their faces. And the oils are generally like, especially lemon and lime energizing. Mandarin can be a little sedative, just slightly. Really great with children because uh, it's such a gentle oil. But the citruses are fabulous. Um, I, I mean, there's so many more oils. You're in Canada. I'm in uh, the New York area. The conifer trees. You know, those terrible fires that have been happening, but hemlock spruce, you know, Scott's pine, uplifting, opening, expansive, uh, and helps with breath. So it's, there's so many oils, it's just kind of exploring. Um, and there's so many more to share, like two more, I just have to share this like foundational grounding or excuse me, balancing oils. If you just, you want to be even Steven. Yeah. Rose, rose geranium is a classic. Pelargonium graviolens is one of the more common ones, the Latin name. And I find palmarosa, Simpopogon martinii, that's related to lemongrass. I find those to be incredibly even Stephen oils. Kind of brings you to a balance. They're not sleepy. They don't bring you up to a high like peppermint might or lemon. They're like in cedar wood too is another even Stephen oil. Wow. I, I can see you teach a whole course about it. You know so much about that topic. I think most people that talk about that topic do not know a percentage of what you know and that wealth of knowledge, of course, reflects in your services. Now, let me ask you before we get there, why do you really think that people live these days so stressed, overwhelmed and feeling sad and alone? And how mm -hmm. can we help with essential oils, aromatherapy? But that's a really, um, I'll say it's a personal question. It's a cultural question because I look at my family and, you know, I grew up with just my, my parents moved away for a job. My dad got a great job and it was my parents and my sister and I, we were kind of isolated. You had to like find a new community. I was three years old at the time, but that is something our, our culture has. It, so we're always moving around for the job and the money and like we're lacking community. And years ago, there was a book written called Bowling Alone that was really influential in the 90s. I think that was already noticing culturally, what are we doing? We've lost our associations. We've lost our affiliations. So how do we find that? And essential oils can be a way. So uh, maybe you find you can um, find a community garden or find a group of like-minded people to be with plants and start to get, maybe it's cooking. But how can you find connection and the plants are a way to connect and maybe that's a way because we as humans need humans. 
And you're, this is, I'm an introvert. I'm a big introvert. I do so well alone, but I know I need to connect with people in some way. And the oils help me do that. But I, uh, I think I answered your question. It's a fundamental belief. I look at my family and the way we have operated and the, the, everyone's moving around. I've met so many friends that have come and gone in my life because they live in New York City and then they move away again. And then they go and have children and they have no one but their immediate family. It's so heartbreaking. Uh, so how can we find connection? So like I said, you could go to the oils and try to find an ally. A lot of people talk in that way. Find an ally or two that you're like, wow, I find I really resonate with citronella plant that I planted and the spearmint plant that I planted. And I want those essential oils in my life. And you can turn to them. I'm going to using language. I thank all my teachers and friends. You can use them to anchor yourself to say, oh, I know spearmint makes me happy for whatever reason. So maybe you're going to smell spearmint oil, you know, and use that as a connector. And every time you think of that plant or that oil, you smile. Yeah. Right? And we know when we smile, we're changing our chemistry through smiling. <laughs> so yeah, and, like, and, and it builds a sense of joy and, and also a sense of gratitude because when you're gardening and you create something that's healing, wow. You're yeah. not just grateful to nature to provide us with that, but also to the person that taught you that and, uh, and helps you to do that and that you can gift it to or sell it to if you need to make money with that, which most of us do these days. Yeah. Now, let me ask you, many people think about maybe becoming an aromatherapy practitioner uh, and procrastinate about it. Can plants help them not to procrastinate or what should they do? Oh, you know, it's, it's that thing of all my weaknesses. If I don't write it down, I don't do it. So if you're like me, write it down and go for it. Um, but what get those calendar for me. It yes. doesn't exist if it's not on my calendar. I am the same way. I make appointments to do things literally. And I have a to-do list, this ongoing to-do list. Um, but I hope my excitement's contagious. If you can get excited about a plant um, and I have to give a shout out to a book that I try to share as much as possible. If you're interested in aromatherapy and want to learn more, I have to give a shout out to in Canada, there's a uh, CFA, Canadian Federation of Aromatherapists. You could go to their website, look for aromatherapy practitioners by you, usage guidelines, schools that the CFA um, supports because like the CFA will create guidelines that and if you want to register with the CFA, you need to teach what the CFA says. This is the standard. In the United States, we have the National Association for Holistic Aromatherapy. You can go on there and get which schools are uh, affiliated with NAHA. What are their education standards? I currently am the um, New York State representative for the Alliance of International Aromatherapists. So we have friends. We try to be very global within that. So that's just three organizations that um, are people that care about aromatherapy. They set the standards. We want to elevate this practice. Please go to those websites. They are a resource. Um, see, I could just talk and share so much. Um, no. <laughs> I, I, I think to, to refocus that, because you're such a great resource on that topic. If somebody says, wow, I like what Amy says. She knows her thing, and I like her way to approach aromatherapy mm. generally. 
how can they find you or what can they do with you together with you? Oh, thank you. Um, again, I'm an introvert, so it's hard to toot your own horn. Uh, but please find my website, nycaromatica.com. I have uh, several free and pay what you wish classes. Um, I'm always trying to add to that content of how to diffuse essential oils, how to make an herbal oil, how to make an herbal tea, because that's all part of aromatherapy. I have a class on the lavenders and lavender essential oil. So um, I have free videos, get to, I call them plant talk, get to know a plant with me out at, in Long Island uh, with my garden and I share poetry. Um, I also have a podcast, Essential Aromatica. But if you want to get in the weeds with me, um, I do offer one-on-one. -on -one, I do do it virtually, but I prefer in person. I give one-on-one -on -one education if you want to sign up with me. And I do only, <clears throat> honestly, I really prefer in person because the oils are so visceral. I do one-on-one -on -one aerobotherapy. Camera, I would. Everybody who listens, please smell your microphone, smell your headphones. <laughs> But again, I offer uh, private education. I don't offer certification. I see myself as a stepping stone. If you're like, I'm curious, I'm your stepping stone. Mm -hmm. um, but I do one-on-one -on -one private hourly sessions. You can sign up with me or- Yeah, I think uh, for somebody that struggles with a certain issue and wants to try aromatherapy and does really have no idea which plant would be suitable. So they could go to your website and say, hey, let's have a look. If mm -hmm. uh, book a session with Amy and see if she can help me how to get started right. So I don't waste my money on 200 different aromatherapy things when I really only have to five, try maybe five or six yep. to get to one that I really like and that actually helps me. Yeah, thanks for saying that. And I'm going to quote um, a, an American herbalist named James Green, but many herbalists will say this. If you can know 10 plants really well, that's all you need. Ah, and I'm a proponent. Point. I'm a proponent of the, the world has its aromatics. Just because we know frankincense is so special, it doesn't mean we have to work with frankincense. I like to work, I'm getting to know uh, Eastern red cedar really well. That's a lifelong journey. There's a native here called sweet fern that grows in this like Connecticut coastal area up into Canada, actually. Um, it might be growing by you beautiful aromatic that I've been working with. So nature provides us what we need. So I, I'm on a tangent, but yes, you can find five oils that can align with you. No, that's wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Amy, for being on the show. Uh, it was a pleasure to tap into your wealth of knowledge and uh, show Bring it a little bit closer to my audience that mental health is not just something that you address with talk, but there's actually tangible natural resources like essential oils that can really make a difference if you use them the right way. And I love that you helped uh, bring that to the world. So thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you, doctor. This is really nice to spend time with you. Thanks for having me. Thank you very much and uh, make sure I will put your links under the video and in the show notes, of course. And this was another episode of Sparkle for Mental Health. Make sure to subscribe and tune in to the next episode. Bye-bye. When you combine modern science, ancient wisdom, nature experience and love, magic happens. I'm Dr. Christine Sauer, physician, naturopath, 
coach, human. It feels like magic to my clients and their lives are transformed through the skills combination of natural and human sciences, ancient philosophies and caring human-to-human -human interaction. Discover this kind of modern wizardry and let's prepare powerful healing potions together. Come and enter our wonderful world of wellness.